first time that I, you know, I didn't have anything to do. I got to sleep in and take my time. And I realized that it's been a while since I've been in the Word, the Word of God. So I had some quiet time. And uh, I was flipping through Scripture. And I came across this verse from Psalms, Psalms 59. And David says, My enemies come out at night snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. And they scavenge for food, but go to sleep unsatisfied. But as for me, David says, but as for me, I will sing about your power. And each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love every day when I wake up. For you have been my refuge a place of safety when I am in distress. Oh, my strength, to you I sing praises. For you, oh God, are my refuge. The God who shows me unfailing love. Are we ready to proclaim that today? Can we worship his name today? Let's all rise as we begin to worship.
search the world But it couldn't fail me Man's empty praise Treasures the thing Never enough And you came along And put me back together And every desire Is now satisfied Here in love There's nothing more
when you were spiritually just dead and lonely and he came in and he just made everything right he made everything made sense come on let's sing that first verse again I search the world and I search the world nothing greater than you, Heavenly Father. Oh, I don't know about you, church, but that's why we're here today, right? Because there is nothing greater than the Lord God Almighty. And sometimes we just need to come here to feel His presence. I would just welcome all of you to the presence of the Lord God, because I know He's in this place right now. There is nothing, Lord, and we run to you. The other thing that's true about the Lord God Almighty is that He breaks all your chains and cancels all your fears. As we sing this last song, would you just reach out to him? And so, Lord, you are greater. I am your child. Would you take the fear away? In your name we pray. Amen. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me
believe in these words and you believe that it's true, sing this next bridge with me. Amen. I am a child of the Lord God Almighty. I am your child. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now in this place. 
We thank you for your presence that is filling this place. Let it fill each one of us, fill each of our cups to overflowing, Heavenly Father. First, we thank you for your grace and your love that we could stand here in this place and declare that we are children of the Almighty. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And then we thank you that we are no longer slaves to fear. We don't ever have to bow down to the fear of the unknown, the fear and the worries of what our children are doing, the fear and the worries of our finances, the fear and the worries of our spouses, the fear and the worries of, of illnesses and sicknesses, the fear and worries of those things that just overwhelm us. Heavenly Father, in this place right now, we lay down at your feet all of those things that we are afraid of because we declare right now and stand on your promise that says we are not slaves to the fear because no matter what it is that we face, you are greater than all of those things. Amen. Lord, right now, as our children are traveling back from IYC, we pray over them, give them traveling mercies, bring them home safely. Bring them home revived and alive with the Spirit of the Almighty. Let them come back on fire for you, Heavenly Father. Not just on the trip here, but as they get here and as they and as they go out among their friends here in the city of Albuquerque and back to their schools, let them still remember that fire and that passion for the Lord God Almighty that they heard at IYC. Let them carry it forward. Lord, and as we just move forward through our day and our week, Heavenly Father, we pray for our city and all the things that are happening here lord you you we pray for our leaders that they make good decisions to keep our city or make our city even safer than it is right now heavenly father because that is one of the things that we are afraid of and we bind that right now in the name of jesus and we proclaim your power over the city of albuquerque and we pray over the state of new mexico and our leaders heavenly father that they be wise that they hear from you that they hear your word and your direction, that they lead in the way that you would ask them to. Because overall, we know that no matter what happens, that you are sovereign over the state and you are sovereign over this nation. And there are things that are happening that may make us fearful, but right now we find that in the name of Jesus because you are more powerful than all of those things. And we're, there are things in this world that may be making us afraid and making us uncomfortable, like the war in Ukraine and Russia, Heavenly Father, but we know that you are sovereign because you hold the world in your hands. And we lay all of those fears at your feet right now because we know that despite it all, your will be done because you are God Almighty. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, it's so awesome to see you guys here. <laughs> Would y'all just turn to one another and say hello and welcome someone to church today? Would you help me in joining Sister Cindy Mansfield to the pulpit, please? Glory to God. Can I hear you all say glory to God? I'm standing here to give glory to God because the Lord healed both my husband and I from COVID this week. So excited and thankful to the Lord and thankful for all of you who have been praying diligently for us. Uh, the first time we got COVID was uh, a near-death experience. And uh, this time we got through COVID very, very.
very easily, and we just praise God for that. And thank you all very from, from the bottom of our hearts for your prayers. We've got a lot going on this week, so uh, if you don't catch it during these announcements, you can go ahead and look them up on your um, church website. It's nbcabq.com. But Monday, starting off this week, we have our office will be closed because uh, we are honoring the 4th of July. And uh, the 6th on Wednesday, there is uh, under construction and New Beginnings Church will be presenting a free concert uh, featuring Brian Trejo. Uh, he's a Christian rap artist, so if you like Christian rap, that's a place to be. It will be at the Hoffmantown uh, Amphitheater, and it's from 3 to 8 p.m. So all that's on your website, so you can take a look at that in case you forget, you know, this morning. But uh, also Thursday, every Thursday, Pastor Richard is leading the men through a men's Bible study. I love to hear him when he comes home. Uh, yes, I, I, I'm his wife, so he comes home to me, for some of you that don't know. <laughs> and he tells me some of the most awesome testimonies of men's lives being changed to impact the world for Jesus Christ. Amen. So if any of you gentlemen uh, and younger men would like to join them, you're more than welcome to come to the men's Bible study. It's a meeting in room 106. Men's breakfast is this Saturday. It is from 7.30 to 10. They always have a good time. And, boy, their breakfasts. I walked in here in the building one time, and I could smell bacon for weeks. <laughs> and it smelled so good. But they always have a wonderful time, the men put together. They're called Band of Brothers. So if you'd like to join your Band of Christian Brothers, they would love to have you here at the church on Saturday at 7.30. Sunday is our child dedication. That is such a beautiful occasion. It's wonderful to see the children being dedicated to the Lord. So if you have a child that you would like to dedicate to Jesus Christ, it will be this Sunday. Please call lovely Melissa, our church secretary, and she will be more than happy to give you all the details and information about that. Vacation Bible study, uh, uh, vacation Bible school is just around the corner. So, yes. And we also need uh, workers need help with those kids. I mean, it is wonderful. I don't know if you have seen this, but there has been a tremendous spiritual growth in our kids. It's been so fantastic. I loved, although I wasn't able to be here, but I watched online the baptism after camp, and it was fantastic, and my grandson was baptized that day. <laughs> he came back totally changed, rededicated his life to the Lord, and I know there were many others that did the same. So we're thrilled. So if you'd like to work with our children and help them continue their strong walk with the Lord, we would love for you to give us a call at the office. We'll be more than happy to get you started, okay? And uh, last but not least, the New Mexico West Texas Ministries of the Church of God, that's our state association, is holding their annual convention July 29th through the 30th. It's called Reigniting the Family. How many families here need reuniting? I'm reigniting. I, I know sometimes, you know, especially after COVID or whatever's going on, boy, I need a reignite. <laughs> I need something to set me on fire. You know what I'm saying? So this is such a great opportunity. Debbie Tate is out there at the connection booth today with flyers like these that could give you information, okay? And for those of you who are watching online, give us a call at the church office 
and uh, we'll be more than happy to give you that information. There is a prayer retreat uh, that will be happening in the Manzano Mountains, and so we'd like for you to register for that early. And our speaker for that is Berna Carlton. She's from our Clovis Church, and you'll have a wonderful, wonderful time there. Well, without further ado, I just want to introduce you to my wonderful husband. And again, thank you so much for praying for him. He's doing great. God bless. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sorry about that, but I had to sneak that in. Um, my grandson got baptized last week, and I said, you know, son, grandma's at home sick with COVID. Your mom and your stepdad are down in El Paso because that's where they live, but he's spending the summer with us. I go, don't you want to wait till they're all here? He goes, Grandpa, I made a commitment to the Lord, and I want to go public with it. And if they're not here, that's okay because I just want God to be here. And it's just me and him. <laughs> but I do want to say it's good to have your parents around. It's good to be here. Guys, uh, I have been doing this sermon series called Healthy Boundaries. And uh, trying to talk about boundaries in our life. Last week, uh, I was talking about uh, are the youth going to have the class, the, their service? Okay. Youth, you could be dismissed. If you're 6th, 7th, 8th, all the way to 12th grade, you're welcome to go to the youth class or the service right now. <coughs> Last week I was saying, well, Cindy had COVID and I didn't get COVID. Take, I take all these supplements and ivermectin and hydrochloroquine. And the very next day I tested positive. So whoever gave that and shared your love with me, shame on you. I mean, I mean, thank you. Yeah, right. But uh, so I went to the doctor and I said, hey, look, I'm a pastor and I don't want to infect my congregation. So they go, no, you're over it now. You're over it. You could be free, born free. Yeah, so I'm free at last, man. Uh, I was in, in our uh, guest bedroom is where I was quarantined for a week. And um, every day I said, man, I got to keep moving. So. I put in 5,000 steps a day in, in my little bedroom, just walking back and forth and walking back and forth. And I was trying to work that and work my hip and just trying to, to stay healthy. But in healthy boundaries, we, we've learned how to set boundaries in our life where we could really be a blessing and not a curse and be blessed and not cursed. And today, what I want to talk about is living a forward motion life. Because if you're not moving forward, that means you're stuck and moving backwards. You're going back to garbage. You're going back to the past, back to some of our past are ugly and not good at all. And, and it really messes up our thinking. It messes up our focus. And so today what I want to talk about is how we keep moving forward and we keep advancing and we keep moving forward in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, 16, and 17, is the three verses I want to focus on today. And, and it says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. 
Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So, Father, I do pray that you guide us and lead us through this, how to really live a forward motion life. And I pray this in Jesus Christ's name, amen. So my voice isn't as strong as normal um, because um, of, of what I'm still going through, but um, I, I really pray you just grab a hold of the truths that are in this passage because Paul, the apostle, is giving us some steps how to really live a forward motion life, how to keep going in the right direction. People ask me a lot of times, how are you doing? I go, man, life is moving really fast, but at least I'm going in the right direction. And I really mean that because sometimes life gets so fast, people get scattered and, and end up where you're not even supposed to be. But God is wanting us to move forward and he wants us to do this. And one of the ways he wants us to do this, to live a forward motion life, is we've got to pay close attention to how we conduct our lives. I really pay, pay close attention. In verse 15, it says right there, so be careful how you live. When Paul is talking about that right there, the word he's talking about there, he's saying, I really want you to walk and live a very calculated and precise life. A life of precision, a, a life of real direction, a life where you're really headed in the direction that God has for you and he has laid out for you and you're living your life with precision. It's calculated. You have a plan for what you're doing. You're not living this life and just flippantly going through it, but you really are paying attention to how you live, to how you really walk, to how you live it out. God is saying it's so important that you do that. I want you to do that. I want you to be precise in the way you live. I want you to have a calculation of what you want to do, how to get from point A to point B. I don't know about you, but I always try to have a plan. And I tell my family, always have a plan for wherever you're going to make sure that you don't fall into some kind of a pit and fall into some kind of a trap. So man, if you're going to a cookout, have a plan. Have a plan. What if, they, what if they start pulling out weed? Weed's legal now, and they might start smoking weed, and I don't do weed anymore, so I want to make sure I have a plan how to say no. If they start pulling out alcohol, and you don't do alcohol, and you're going to say, man, I don't want to be around this alcohol, and I want to make sure I stay firm and I stay precise with how I want to do it. Calculate your life out. So lay out your steps. Have a plan and a way of escape. If they start getting into conversations that you don't want to partake in or watching entertainment that you don't want to watch and on and on and on and on because it's so important that we live careful, that we live wise, that we go into situations really calculating it so that we have victory and not defeat. The second thing he says right there in verse 15 is don't live like fools. So to live a forward motion life, We've got to discern what's right and act upon it to really know what's right. Nowadays, it's even hard to tell what's even right. People are confused. What used to be wrong is now right. I mean, look, even the young people in here, if they look back even just a few years, television and entertainment has changed so much. 
even for young people. But how about us old guys? Goodness gracious, we watch television, we go, I can't believe that's on television. I can't believe they use that language. I can't believe they're showing that on regular television. What is going on? See, it's out of control. So we've got to discern what's right, what's wrong, and we've got to act upon what's right. He says, don't live like fools. So in other words, get it together. Focus, be wise. We have to understand that knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing. See, a lot of people think, oh, well, I have wisdom, I have knowledge. No, knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is something else. Look, knowledge is transactional information. In other words, we have a tra- I, I share, you share, you share, I share. We get information. We get information at school. We get information training in our workplace or whatever organization we might be a part of. You get training. You, you, you're giving you information. But just because you have information and you have knowledge, that doesn't mean you have wisdom. See, wisdom is transformational. It's transformational action. I now have the, the knowledge, but I put it into practice. That's wisdom. Let me give you an example. The freeway, the the speed limit is posted at 65 miles an hour. That's knowledge. You have knowledge that you can drive 65 miles an hour. But yet, I've seen some of you on the side of the road with flashing lights behind you, and it was in a police escort. They got you for speeding because you chose to exceed the speed you chose to get knowledge and say, I don't, have to, I don't have to do what the knowledge says. The knowledge, they've studied and shown that at 65 miles an hour with the flow of traffic, it's still safe. But I want to take matters in my own hands and do whatever I want. So I'm going to drive 85 in a 65. And you will get a beautiful citation, but it's not the kind you put up on a wall. It's called a ticket. And you get cited for that because you chose to ignore wisdom. Because wisdom is taking the knowledge and saying, man, if I stay within that perimeter, I'll be fine. That's exercising wisdom. And it's real important that you and I understand what is right and what is wrong and then act upon it. To really do that which we know is right and then do it. Because too many times people know it. And how many times have you said these words to yourself? Oh, I should have known better. Oh, I can't believe I did that. What was I thinking? Well, you chose to exercise your own will instead of his. So we need to exercise with wisdom, with discernment of knowing what is right, what is wrong, and then acting upon what is right. A third thing we need to do if we're really going to keep this forward motion life is we, we must steward our time, be good stewards of our time with great caution and intentionality. We've got to be cautious about our time and intentional with our time. Look, you've got to understand, time is a commodity that God gives everybody. He gives everyone the exact same amount of time, 24 hours in a day. Now it's up to us how we're going to use that 24 hours. Some of us are foolish and we just squander it. And and, and once time is gone, guess what? It's gone. You can invest into eternity and that which you plant 
might live on, but the moment is gone. Right now, we squander our time. He says right there, make the most of every opportunity. He's saying, use your time wisely. Make sure you use it. Man, you want to be able to get something back. That term and phrase he uses there is literally getting something back by means of paying a ransom. In other words, you've you've invested and and time is now holding your life. It's up to you what you're going to do with it. It's up to you what you're going to invest in and how you're going to redeem it and what you're going to do. That's why you reap what you sow. You end up getting out of your day what you invest into it. Some people just watch their day go by and nothing is accomplished. And you lose that time forever. And you don't know how to make up for it. You could change the time on the clocks and try to fool everyone and say we have more time than what we do. But the reality is time is still slipping away. And we've got to understand that. Time is the greatest resource that God has given each of us. We can use it or we can lose it. Time cannot be manufactured. It can't be stored up. It can't be duplicated. It can't be, I mean, no one can, can, can steal your time. You can't steal more, but something could steal your time by distracting you and taking you down roads you shouldn't go down. So it's real important that we say, God, guide me, help me be a good steward of the time you are giving me here on this earth and here in this ministry and here in your life to do the things you're supposed to be doing. What is it that God is calling you to do? And how are you using that time? You know, I, was, I hadn't even thought about it till someone was talking to me out in the mall earlier. And they go, hey, how long have you been here in Albuquerque? And I thought, wow, this Thursday makes it 40 years that we drove into this city. And I'm like, wow, man, we've spent our lives here. And I said, God, I pray that we've used our time according to your plan and not ours. That God really has used it wisely for us. That he guided us and helped us to stay on track. Because time is something that God is going to call what we've done with it. And then another thing we need to do if we're going to have a, a, a forward moving, forward motion life is We've got to make sure that we recognize what's important and respond accordingly. Know what's important and respond accordingly. Look, he says right there in verse 17, don't act thoughtlessly. He says, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What he's really saying right there, he goes, he wants you to really get it. A thoughtless life is careless. It's a life that's just careless. It's it it's, it's, doesn't hold any attention. It's, and it's, it, it's just there. You live randomly. Let's see what happens. What happens, happens. A, a thoughtful life is careful. It's, it's planned. It's accurate. It's attentive. It's, it, it's intentional. And it's so important that we, we get those things. We be thoughtful about the things we're going to do and be careful how we're going to get them accomplished and and accurate and plan things out and and to really be attentive to those things around us and 
and to be intentional with the way we're going to live. Because one of the greatest dangers that you see in life today is that people's personal and missional life, they, they start drifting off course. They start drifting from, from where they had planned out. And they, and they just drift away. And, and it's really sad because God's word says that he could keep us from drifting. In the book of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, he says, we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. So what he's saying is, you know what? It's not enough to just read the passage once or come to a sermon once or to church. And, and, and no, he wants you to stay connected, to stay connected with God, to stay connected with his word, to stay connected in prayer and in the word and in worship and in fellowship and in time of service to really be able to activate those things that God is doing in your life to keep moving forward. Otherwise, you stay stagnant and you start slipping back. And you slip back into a world that's really, really bad. A world of destruction, something that was about to destroy you. And then you find yourself right back there and you go, how did I end up here again? So God is saying, let's make sure we stay on God's path. And that brings me to the next thing I want to talk about in, in this forward motion life is that God's path to a forward motion life starts with the great commandment. The great commandment is, is that when they ask Jesus, Lord, what, what is the greatest commandment? What's the most important one? In Matthew chapter 22, in verse 36 to 40, they said, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? So Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. But he says a second commandment, a second one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So what he's saying is that, you know what? You got to put God first. If you really want to stay focused and stay moving forward, you got to keep God first. But then you have to keep others first. Love your neighbor. It's easy to love people that we know and like. But he's not just saying that. He's saying, remember the story when they asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? He says, let me tell you the story. They're all Jews that he's talking to. He goes, there was a Samaritan. Ooh, Samaritan, no good for nothing, Samaritan. We don't hang out with Samaritan. We don't even talk to them. And he goes, the Samaritan was going down the road, going to Jericho. And all of a sudden, he was robbed, beaten up and robbed and left for dead. He took everything he had. He left him naked. And all of a sudden, a priest was coming along. <coughs> and the poor Samaritan must have thought, thank you, Lord. You sent me a priest. And the priest saw him and he walked all the way on the other side because he goes, yuck, a Samaritan. I don't want to even get near him, let alone touch him. And it says that the assistant to the priest ran over to him. Man, the guy laying there must have thought, thank God, somebody's coming to help. And he just got close to see what it looked like to be all messed up and to say, you're all messed up, dude. It's probably because you're a Samaritan. You deserve it. Thank God nobody here thinks like that. 
See, sometimes we don't care for someone because they're different from us. They might be a different race or different part of the city or a different part of the state or even from another state. Never forget when I moved here from Texas, people go, you're a Texan? We don't like Texans around here. I go, oh, I don't either. (laughs) Because now I'm in New Mexico. Oh my gosh, man, they were mean. And then they found out I was a Mexican. You're a Mexican? We're Spaniards. We're not Mexicans. Mexican, Spaniard. What do you think? They all came from down south and moved up here. We're Spaniards. Well, I guess I'm a Spaniard Mexican. I don't know. My grandfather was from Spain. My grandmother was a Mexican Indian. So my mom was a mestizo. That's what they call them. I'm first generation American. And we even have some people from Canada. Can you believe it? Canadians. Oh, my gosh. Does anything good come from Canada, eh? <laughs> Love you, brother. But are you with me? People are different, so, oh, I don't know if I like them. Oh, they're from the South Valley. They're from the Heights. They're from the North Valley. They're from the Southeast Heights. They're from, they're from, they're from. Oh, my gosh, what's wrong with us? It says, love your neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor. So he gave us this great commandment. But he also said, if you want to stay moving forward and you want to have a a forward motion life, follow the great commission. Live out the great commission in Matthew 28, verse 18, I mean 19 and 20. Jesus said to the disciples, he goes, therefore, go and make disciples. I want you to go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teach these new disciples to obey. Oh my goodness. Don't just give them knowledge, give them wisdom. Teach them how to put it into practice. Teach them how to obey all the commands that I've given you and be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's saying, I want you to not only move forward with the great commandment, but I want you to move forward with the great commission. You see, God's eternal purpose statement is love the Lord your God. In other words, worship. We call it reach up, reach up. And then he says, love your neighbor, serve, reach in. We minister to each other. And then he says, go and make disciples. We share, we reach out. So we reach up, reach in, and reach out. And what do we do? We baptize them so that they belong to God's body. And, and when we disciple them, we teach them so that they grow. We want people to grow. You see, balancing God's purpose in our life puts us on a pathway and a spiritual road of health and of wisdom, and we become more and more like Christ. That's why it's so important that you grow in the Lord. That's why it's so important that you get in the Word. That's why it's so important that you have fellowship. That's why it's so important that you spend time with each other and encourage each other and going to minister with each other and to really be able to encourage because iron sharpens iron. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, Paul says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. 
He's saying, I want you to be more like me. I want you to look more like me. I want you to carry out that purpose of worship and serving and sharing, of reaching up, reaching in and reaching out, of really growing in the word of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, he says it like this. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And we want to grow in every way possible to be more and more like Christ. But let me tell you something. When you begin a forward motion life and you begin following the Lord and you begin going in the direction he wants you to go and you start flowing in that. You remember like Steve was teaching, when you start flowing in the rhythm of the kingdom, the devil comes and he doesn't like that. He comes to stop you. He comes to attack attack you. He comes to trip you up. He tries because the devil's backwards motion attack. It's the devil's backward motion attack. And you know how he attacks us? The first way is guilt. You mess up and you just feel guilty. Some of us still feel guilty from years past of something he already forgave us of. And yet the devil throws it in our face and goes, do you really think you're a man of God? We sang that song. I am a child of God. Sons and daughters of God. And we're like, yeah, right, you are. Sure, you remember when you did that? You remember that? You remember this? And you go, actually, you know, I forgot it because Jesus forgave me, but now that you're bringing it up, I feel like a worm. Oh my gosh, I feel horrible. You know, I am am a loser. I don't know. What am I trying to kid? And God is saying, you're not trying to kid anyone. This is not a joke. This is the truth. You were guilty, but you know what? The Bible says that our guilt, our shame, brings us to repentance, at least it's supposed to. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, it says, for the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. He's saying, don't you get it? Don't you get it? I have amazing things for you. Don't you get it? I want you to be free. He goes, there's no regret for the, that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. So what he's saying is when the devil can convince you, you're that worm, and he convince you that you're no good, and he convince you that you're guilty and you'll never be free, you walk around in that shame and you walk around with that guilt and you walk around with that coat, a covering that Jesus already freed you from, yet you go put it back on yourself. And the devil keeps you from moving forward and you start backing up and you stay stuck or you go backwards. And God does not want you to go back, go backwards. He wants you to advance. Even if it's two steps forward and one back, you still advance one step and you just keep going and you will finally get to where you need to be, amen? But it's important that we do that. Another way the devil attacks us isn't just with guilt, it's with distractions. We get easily distracted. We get distracted by things that take us off course. (coughs) Those things that we didn't calculate and we didn't really think it through, pray it through, prepare it through. And next thing you know, you're all messed up. And next thing you know, you're not where you're supposed to be. In the book of Luke chapter 21, verse 34, he says, watch out. You know what he says? Watch out. 
If he was from the South Valley, he'd say, watch out there. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled. Listen to my heart, your heart. The heart is easily deceived. He says, so don't let it get dull by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unawares. He's saying, this isn't just carousing like you're out there cheating or flirting or doing. It's carousing. What are you flirting with? It's not just a man or a woman. It could be you're flirting with gambling. You're flirting with overeating. You're flirting with another person's things. And you're being tempted by them. And you're out there following stuff that you shouldn't be following. You're chasing power. And you're carousing power and you're wanting power and you'll do any, I'll backstab anyone I have to to get where I want to be. Amen. Or position. You want a position that they have and you'll do anything to get it even if you have to lie about their character and make up stories. Amen. God doesn't want us to do that yet. We get distracted and, and we start carousing and we get drunk. It says drunkenness. This isn't just drunkenness of alcohol. This is drunkenness of wanting something that's so bad you are not thinking clear anymore and you are making decisions that are very unhealthy and destructive for you and your family. And it could cost you everything. So not only does the devil come at us with guilt and distractions, but he also comes at us with excuses. We're good at making excuses, aren't we? We are so good at making excuses. If you're going to make excuses, you better have a really good memory. Because otherwise they're going to come up to you. So how are you feeling now? Great. Hey, well, you said just last night you couldn't come because you were sick. Oh, yeah, you know what? I was sick. But oh, man. Nothing that a good enema can't take care of. They gave me a lavativa and it was over. Yeah, some of you remember those days, huh? Man, we used to run from my mom. I think that was her way of getting back at five kids. I'll straighten you guys out. But we make excuses. Excuses for all kinds of stuff. God is saying, I don't want you making excuses. You remember when he was going to make a banquet and he goes, I want you to go invite everybody. And the day came for the banquet, Luke chapter 14 Verse 17 and 18, when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet's ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Like saying, my land, my property, is more important than you. My car is more important than you. My boat, my RV, whatever you have is more important than God. You know what? There's nothing wrong with having a boat and an RV and a motorcycle and all those kind of fun things that we might have. Do you know what God's saying? Stay focused. Don't let them become an excuse. It's obvious this is 4th of July weekend. I had read in the paper that even though gas prices are high, people were going to be gone. And I'm like, yeah, they're definitely gone on 4th of July. They're having a good old time, and that's awesome. 
But you know what? Sometimes we make excuses. We go, oh, I can't go to church. I have sprinkling. I mean, it's just, you don't know. You don't know what the water does to my hair. I'm afraid I might melt like the witch from, from the, the Wizard of Oz. I'm melting. Excuses. I, I don't have a thing to wear except 48 dresses in the closet. All these shirts and slacks in the closet. I don't have anything. Man, we, we're, we're ridiculous. The devil tried to get us. So when the excuses come at you, when the distractions come at you, when the guilt comes at you, I want to give you a, a forward motion response to that. First thing you need to do, learn from the past without letting the past discourage you. So it's okay to look back, but some people only focus in the back. Why do you think the rearview mirror is so small? Glance back, okay, but you've already been there. Man, the windshield is wide open because the whole future lies ahead of us. I joke around all the time. I go, I think the way a lowrider was invented is they didn't know they could adjust a rearview mirror. Orale, oh, and they're right there, right there. Orale, this is, hey, hey. Okay, that's stupid, I know. It was funny in my head. <laughs> but hear me. We need to learn from the past. There was a guy that was riding a horse backwards. They go, why do you ride your horse backwards? He goes, I want to see where I was. That's the problem. Some people will keep focusing where they were. And they just keep living it over and over and over and over. And it beats you up. Learn from it. Say, okay, what can I learn? Now forget about it and move on. Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He said, my dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I forget the past. The second thing we need to do when the devil comes and tries to discourage us and distract us is be aware of the good things that distract us from the best things. The devil uses good things to distract you from the best. Why settle for the good when you can have the best? Why settle for something less when you can have it all? God is saying, I, want, I have the best for you. I have life in abundance for you. I have so much I want to give to you. Don't you understand how much I want to pour out to you? And yet we settle for less. It's like premarital sex. It's like you don't even have the fullness of the enjoyment that God intended for you to have because there's still some guilt involved and there's some... Uh, embarrassment and oh my gosh and we're not even right with God and uh, it's just it's like saying man when, once you get married oh you think the 4th of July has fireworks give yeah, that's nothing compared to having marital sex this is like baby wow yeah that's why James Brown said I feel good because he got married and he had it right I don't know if that's why I'm just saying it's like if, so, if you were hungry, someone offered you a little one dollar, a dollar fifty hamburger. You say, but if you wait just a little longer, I'm going to give you a twenty-four ounce porterhouse steak. 
and yet we still sell out to the less. You see, Satan wants to distract you. Be aware of the good things that Satan tries to distract you from, from the best things. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he says this way. He goes, since there's, since you're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses for the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. In other words, let's get rid of those things that slow us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let's get rid of that so we have the best, not settle for less. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And the last thing, if we're really going to have victory and we're going to overcome those temptations and, 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 and the excuses and distractions and the guilt, is you got to take forward motion, decisive action. You've got to be decisive of what you're going to do. You've got to know what you're going to do. Some of you are going to have cookouts. Some of you are going to have parties. Some of you were invited to some parties, and you want to really go so bad, but you're scared to death because you know they're going to be doing some things there that they shouldn't be doing. And you're like, man, I know weed is legal now, but I don't want to do weed. I don't need weed in my life. And they're going to have weed. And oh, should I go? Should I not go? You know what? Have a plan. Oh, they're going to have a kegger. Man, I haven't been to a party with a kegger. And I know last time I did, I was so stupid. I got drunk, so drunk. I even got pulled over for DUI. And forget it. Then have a plan. Have a plan. You can go to cookouts and have a kegger. Just don't get kegged out. Are you with me? You could go to a party if they smoke weed. Go to the other side of the yard. Just make decisions. If you have to escape, run away. Get out of there. You don't need it. In the book of James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. So what he's saying is, don't just have knowledge, but use wisdom. Put it into practice. Do what you're supposed to do. Do it the right way and do the right thing. You see, it's not enough to just count our days, but it's to make our days count. And you know what? Some of us have let time slip away. And it's time to redeem the time. Grab a hold of it and say, God, you know what? I don't want to live foolish anymore. I don't want to live scattered anymore. I don't want to live that way because God, it has cost me great. And God, today, I want to realign my life. I want to refocus because I want a forward motion life. I want to be going in the right direction. And some of you, I know I say this all every, every time I'm up here, but I'm telling you, it's because it's so important that you have an opportunity to accept Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you haven't made a decision to say, I need to realign my life and I need to start moving forward and I need to have a forward motion life because I've been going all over the place. And you want to do that today. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to accept him as your Savior and Lord. Raise your hand. Anyone here today, just say, that's me. 
I want to do that, Pastor. I want to make that decision. I want to make that decision. Praise God. Praise God. So happy for you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Because we want to pray with you. This is an amazing time. I remember when I made my decision, I had every excuse. I was fighting me. I wasn't fighting anyone else. I just kept saying, man, but then I'm going to have to quit doing that or doing that. I didn't have to quit doing anything. I just came as I was. I was a wino dino and dingbat, and I came as a wino dino and dingbat. And you know what Jesus said? Ay, mijo, I love you. You're all messed up. Well, why don't you let me straighten you out? And I go, you could do that? He goes, just watch. Stay out of my way. And he transformed my life. And that's what he wants to do. So for those of you that raised your hand, would you stand? I want to pray with you. Stand up real quick so we can pray with you. Church, would you pray with them? (coughs) We're celebrating, man. We're celebrating. Just say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Today, I commit to start living a life of moving forward and no longer backwards. I'm going to put my trust in you. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise God, guys. Hey, come up real quick. I got a Bible and some stuff for you. Come up real, real quick. We want to celebrate with you. This Pastor Eddie over here. He's going to share with you. I love you, ladies. Oh, my gosh, I'm so happy for you. Praise God. Oh, my goodness. What a phenomenal decision you were making. Praise God, man. What a glorious time. For me, it was on September the 1st, 1980. Some of you weren't even thought of. God has a word for you. He's saying, release the past. Accept your future. So if you want prayer, make your way up. We have people that want to pray with you. Go ahead and stand with us. And just listen to the words of these songs. It's a powerful message. came along, Jesus. And you came along and put me back together. And every desire. If there's anything you want to pray about, make your way up. We want to stand with you and agree. Surrender your past and say, I'm not going to hold on anymore. I'm going to let it go. Listen to this. And I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. 
If you're afraid to come up by yourself, ask someone, will you go with me? I want to pray, but I'm afraid. Would you join me? continuing to try to fill your life with something else. You haven't let go of the past. You haven't let go of things that have comforted you, but have also damaged and hurt you. And today God's saying, I'm giving you a whole new future in front of you. All you have to do is walk away from the past. Trust in me. Put your hope in me. Lean into me. And I'll set you free. Father, there's nothing, nothing, nothing better and greater and mightier than you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your devotion. Thank you for all that you do in our life. I pray freedom in the powerful name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Greet somebody on the way out and tell them God loves you. Love you, church. Turn the lights back up, please.